Race to Walk Podcast, Episode 29. Welcome to the Raise to Walk Podcast, where we're walking out the life of faith. Romans 6, verse 4 reads, As Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. And this show is designed to help you do just that. Now here's your host, Carla Alvarez. These are a few thoughts on the new year, resolutions, and new starts. As I looked over my Facebook feed for the first time in 2016, I saw a number with good intentions and many with self-determination. Advice on how to make your goals, set your intentions, and make this first day of 2016 the first day of a new you. It made me realize that the desire for something new is something that God has placed in our hearts. It is part of our makeup, coded into our very cells and innermost desires. We know that we want and we need a fresh start. That desire, that yearning is part of what draws us to him that makes us look beyond ourselves for the new. That is the message of the gospel and God's promise through time, the good news in Christ. In him, we are made new. One out of my many favorite verses in Isaiah is chapter 44, verse 22. I, the Lord, made you, and I will not forget you. I have swept away your sins like a cloud. I have scattered your offenses like the morning mist. God doesn't just cover our offense. He doesn't put them in the closet to bring them out again. The picture here is one of an exploding force, one that completely eradicates them. The kind of force that exploded and burst forth from the grave, breaking the chains of death on Resurrection Sunday. They are gone, and this is truly a new beginning, a fresh start. The thing about fresh starts is that we can't bring any of the old with us. If we did, it wouldn't be fresh. We can't become new by holding on to old behaviors, old thoughts, and old works. This is part of what Jesus was referring to in Matthew 9.17 when he said, You can't put new wine into old wineskins. It refers to the necessity for the new covenant written in his blood versus stone tablets and dead works. But is also referring to the fact that we have to be willing to change to allow him to transform us. Sometimes as Christians... We only look at the eternal part of salvation in Christ. When we die, we will be with him. Death is not the end. But life in Christ is not just about eternal life. It is about life in its fullness, life today. His death was so that you could have eternal life. He was weak so we could be strong. He had sorrow so we could have joy. He was beaten so we could have peace of mind. He was whipped so we could be healed. Through and in Christ, we can have fullness of life. The danger is, again, trying to bring the old with the new, trying to bring old works to new life, trying to do it on our own steam rather than through Christ. We are in a very self-oriented society, one that is focused on self-help, self-improvement, and living intentionally. All of these things are focused on our will versus focusing on God's will. The message in all of these movements is, I can do it myself. 
I can make myself different. I can manifest my reality, and I can decide my life's purpose. This, my friend, is not the Christian walk. This is a striving and futile mindset of the world that leads to despondency and despair. Paul talks about this in the same passage that talks about fullness of life in Christ in Colossians chapter 2. He warns against the world's mindset. In verse 8, it says, Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that comes from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. In the U.S., we have more information, more knowledge, and more access to resources than at any time in the history of the world. We are also a complete mess. Since the turn of the millennium, there has been an astounding increase in the use of antidepressants. One in ten Americans are on antidepressants, and among women my age, it rises to one in four. All of the self-improvement books, dream boards, fitness programs, diet plans, oils and supplements, and still 70% of Americans are on at least one prescription drug. Half are on two or more. Yes, we should be good stewards of the resources that God has blessed us with, and that includes our bodies, our finances, and our relationships. But none of that will give you peace. It's not going to give you joy. And if you think you can control any of these things and make it happen, you are one incident away from a very rude awakening. I hear people tell others, you got this. I know this is meant as an encouragement to keep doing what they are doing and going on, moving forward. But really, that's a lie. You don't got this. No human does. We do not control what happens to us. We can only control how we respond to it. Just this past week, I had such a clear illustration of that. I had a lot of plans for what I was going to accomplish in the week between Christmas and New Year's. Very little got done. My laptop cable stopped charging, the battery went down, and the registry was corrupted, so once I did get a new charger, Windows wouldn't load. And then I misplaced my phone for an hour, call notifications weren't coming through, and now I'm going to have to start the new year on the phone with the cable company because my modem is connecting to the service but not to the internet. I had good intentions and an awesome plan, but life happened. James warns about this in the fourth chapter of his letter to the church. He says, Look here, you who say, Today or tomorrow we are going to a certain town and will stay there a year. We will do business there and make a profit. How do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like the morning fog. It's here a little while, then it's gone. What you ought to say is, If the Lord wants us to, we will live and do this or that. Otherwise, you are boasting about your own pretentious plans, and all such boasting is evil. No one knows what tomorrow will bring. We don't even know what today will bring. All those technical inconveniences I experienced this week were so minor, but they had an impact on outcome. The point of the Christian walk is that if we are in Christ, we should be relying on Him to guide us. We have to be willing to go wherever He leads. We have to be willing to not only trust God for our eternal salvation, but for our day-to-day -day lives as well. We have to believe him when he says in Jeremiah 29:11, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for calamity, to give you a future and a hope. The plans he has for us, not our plans that we want to order him to bring about. He accomplishes His word for our lives, not ours. 
If you are not in agreement with his word for your life, it doesn't matter how many dream boards you create, how many intentions you set, or how many decrees and prayer you make. God is not going to be working it out through his Holy Spirit. Now, another spirit may be seemingly working it out for a while, but that's another topic. The work of the Holy Spirit is exclusively for his word, his scripture, and what he has spoken for your life. It is only when we speak in his will that his word has power for us. And the next verse after verse 11 is, Then you will call upon me and come to pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. I don't know what tomorrow brings. I'm not setting any New Year's resolutions. If 2016 is anything like 2015, I wouldn't even begin to know how to set a resolution for what is coming. I started graduate school this past August. A year ago today, it wasn't even on my mind. It wasn't until a year ago tomorrow that I was looking at the HBU apologetics program and I thought, hmm, that would be cool, and sent in my application. It was something that was on my heart, but I didn't have any sense of yes or now. When I sent in the application, I prayed and told God, if this is what you want me to do, open the door and work it out. If not, keep it shut. He opened the door and worked it out and continues to work it out. I have to remember that, that he is working out his plan for my life. Because when I look at the mountain in front of me, all the reading and writing in addition to work and family, I have no idea how I'm going to get it all done other than keep going forward and trusting him for the rest, to trust him to perfect that which concerns me. Psalms 138.8 says, The Lord will perfect that which concerns me. Your mercy, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the works of your hand. I don't got this, but he does. God has a much better plan for your life than you could ever imagine for yourself. Let's end our time together with a prayer. Father, thank you that you love us so much that you not only have a plan for our lives, but that you include us in your plans. We ask that the Holy Spirit continues to work on us and give us a mind that is willing to listen and a heart that is willing to follow. We trust in you to guide us each step of the way. In Jesus' name, amen. If you've been enjoying the Raise to Walk episodes, be sure to subscribe to our podcast. We also love to get feedback from our listeners, so tell us what you think by either rating or reviewing us on iTunes or Stitcher, or by sending us an email at contact at raisetowalk.org. We're excited to have you join us again next time for another episode of Raise to Walk. Thanks for listening to the Raised to Walk podcast. We'd love for you to continue to walk with us, so head over to raisedtowalk.org news to get free updates. Have a blessed day, and we'll see you next time.